Today's reading is Titus 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. In his own time, he has made his word evident in the proclamation entrusted to me by the command of God our Savior. To Titus, my true child in our common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. The reason I left you in Crete was that you would set in order what was unfinished and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. An elder must be blameless, the husband of but one wife, having children who are believers and who are not open to accusation of indiscretion or insubordination. As God's steward, an overseer must be above reproach, not self-absorbed, not quick-tempered, not given to drunkenness, not violent, not greedy for money. Instead, he must be hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firmly to the faithful word as it was taught, so that he can encourage others by sound teaching and refute those who contradict it. For many are rebellious and full of empty talk and deception, especially those of the circumcision, who must be silenced. For the sake of dishonorable gain, they undermine entire households and teach things they should not. As one of their own prophets has said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore rebuke them sternly so that they will be sound in the faith and will pay no attention to Jewish myths or to the commands of men who have rejected the truth. To the pure all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving nothing is pure. Indeed, both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but by their actions they deny Him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for any good deed. This is God's Word. Over the course of my lifetime, I have heard of and met some highly authoritarian pastors. Once I was running a conference for pastors, and one pastor who called to register for the conference lectured me for three to four minutes about an aspect of our ministry that he did not like. Then he told me he would like to attend our conference. I asked for his first name so I could enter it into the registration form. Then he lectured me about how he never lets anyone use his first name. To show respect to him and his office as a pastor, he insisted that everyone called him Dr. Name Withheld. So his first name became Doctor, at least in the conference registration form it did, and on his badge. On another occasion, I heard from a very reputable source about a pastor who told a man in his church that that man needed to remodel his own house, not the pastor's house, the home of the guy receiving the instruction. That guy gutted his own house and took years to remodel it, in part because he needed the pastor's approval for every major decision, floor coverings, wall placement, paint colors, etc. I guess some pastors feel that they have a prophetic gift, or at least that they have a level of wisdom that the average guy in the pew can never have. Probably, though, they just like to control people. Maybe somebody thinks this makes for good pastoral leadership, but not God. God said here in Titus that a pastor or elder or overseer, it's the same office in Scripture with multiple names. But someone in that leadership role must not be overbearing, according to the NIV's reading of verse 7. Why? Because verse 7 says, he manages God's household. 
That last phrase is key. If Calvary Bible Church were my household, I could run it any way that I wanted. But it isn't my household. It's God's. Part of being a faithful manager, a good leader, is to run God's household His way, which means being a servant leader, not a dictator who insists on honorific titles or tries to control every decision of someone's life. I had a guy ask me once if he should get a reverse mortgage. He wasn't asking me if it was biblical or moral to do so, just whether or not he should. I guess I could answer those kinds of questions. I suppose I could make another man's decisions for him. But that's not what elders do. If an elder in our church, me or one of the other men who lead with me, starts acting like this, it is a key sign that we are spiritually unfit to serve as leaders of God's household. It is important for you to think about your role in the church as well. I cannot make you live a godly life. I could bully you about reading the scriptures or coming to church or something else, I guess. But that's not what God has called me to do. What we as elders are charged to do is to equip people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. That's Ephesians 4.12 in the NIV. It is our job as elders to lead, to teach, to encourage, and to rebuke sometimes. But it is your job to put the truth into practice. Don't follow an overbearing church leader, but do take what we try to do for you seriously so that our church will grow in Christ. God bless you. I hope you have a great day. We'll see you next time.